up, folks? Welcome back. You are here for a Black History Month episode, okay? You're listening to the best damn movie pop culture related podcast you'll ever hear on any streaming platform. We are words from blurs. I'm JT, and the other person saying blurs after me is Adu. Adu, how the freak are you, bud? Uh, I'm pretty good, man. Um, I also I you weren't you wearing your koofy this uh Black History Month. I, I was just about to say I, I was adjusting it real quick. Um, because it's oh, not, okay, yeah, it's not just a Black History Month episode. It is also the fifth year anniversary of Words from Words this week. Woo! Five years of the class of assignment. That is Damn, did we pass that class? Yeah, I mean, I did. I definitely did. I hope you did. Yes, yes, this was a prerequisite to pass the class. Tech hours, hello. Yes, we passed our class, and we've been all doing this for, uh, hell, five years now. Good good God. That's crazy. The first Black Panther came out when uh, we decided to do a review. Yeah, Words from Blurds is in, what, first grade now? Are we in first grade or kindergarten? No, you're right. I think that's that's first first grade, grade, right? Yeah, that's that's crazy, man. Jeez, five. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I came up with this idea, you know, little because you know every anniversary episode, you know, switched up a little bit, do something different. Um, last year we did a re-review of Black Panther, and this year I was like, you know what? How about I choose a a black movie. You one of one of my favorite black movies, and then have JT choose one of his favorite black movies, and then we'll both do like a collaborative review on each one. Uh, they they will be for the most part spoiler free. Don't worry, we're not gonna go like super deep into details. We'll mostly talk about like why we love these movies, you know, how they speak to the black experience and things like that. You know, some some dope stuff like that. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna go first as JT politely offered to allow me and uh you know i i want to i want to preface you know why why i chose this movie uh with with a little bit as i adjust my koofy one more time um so i i chose this movie and i feel like i've talked to you about this movie before jt i'm pretty sure we've like at least talked about this movie a little bit before on is show. it a bls movie no, at least I don't think so. I wouldn't say it is. Um, Here we go. <laughs> so I was, I was, you know, I was trying to decide like what I wanted, to, what movie I wanted to choose for this episode, right? You know, I'm scrolling social media, Twitter, as I often do, and I, I, I come across a, a certain video, um, featuring a a, a very, uh, we'll say, muscular gentleman as he's you know moving and dancing about and and another gentleman who's um oh he's 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 uh, making certain noises as he's eating food and i don't want to i want i don't want to like call these buzz out by name odds are if you are on social media you know who i'm talking about just from my description it's uh, my tiktok yeah, yeah, they definitely, they both frequent TikTok. They, they definitely do. I saw it on Twitter, but they were TikTok videos. 
And, uh, you know, I saw these videos and I was like, you know what? I think I know what I want to do. So enough preamble. My choice was Spike Lee's Bamboozled. I want a show that will make headlines. The Huxtables, Cosby, a genius, revolutionary, but we can't go down that road again. The network does not want to see Negroes on television unless they are buffoons. Have you ever thought about just quitting? I have a contract. The only way I get out of that is if I get fired, and that is what I intend to do. I know you are familiar with menstrual shows, variety shows, like in Living Color. Right, 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 that was dope. Man-tan, the new millennium menstrual show. We're gonna need a little more money for this. This could be bigger than Friends, Ally McBeal, even my boys Amos and Andy. Damn. You're putting white actors in black face? We're using black actors with blacker faces. <laughs> Ah, you have mentioned this movie. That's the Giancarlo Esposito, right? Uh, no, 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 shit. Whoa, 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 wait, wait. That's the movie that you said no one has really seen that you can hardly find anywhere, yeah, right? No. Is that that movie? Yeah, but luckily enough, it is on the Criterion Collection, so you can get it on Blu ray. I was able to get it on Blu ray. Um, it's really uh, great quality, thankfully. But yeah, yeah, man, it's like one of Spike Lee's earlier movies. You really, I think the Criterion Collection is pretty much the only place you can get it. And for anyone who may have paused this episode and maybe you know, just let me hit Google up real quick to see what what a dude's talking about. Now I know the cover looks a little crazy. It does, but there is a point to it. See, the movie, it's it's it it touches on. I feel like I'm about to get real, you know, really on my, my whole temperature right now, but nah, nah, for real though. But yeah, it, it touches on blackface, it touches on menstrual shows, and, you know, really tackles that subject. And, you know, it was, it was really interesting. Again, I feel like the subject of this movie should let any listeners know the two people I was referring to. I ain't gonna call them out by name, because I don't want to do that to them, but, you know, if you know, you know. Um, but yeah, it stars Michael Rappaport, uh, Damon Wayans. Um, oh my goodness, what's the Oscar? Oscar Proud. Tommy Lee Davis. Yes. Or Tommy and Davis. Tom, Tom, Tommy Lee Davis. What? No. <laughs> Tom, Tommy Davis. Wait, no. Tommy Davidson. Yeah. Boom. Uh, Tommy Davidson. And uh, oh my god, why am I blanking on her Isn't name? Isn't Jada Pinkett Smith in it? There you go. Yes, that's who I was thinking of. Jada Pinkett Smith is also in it. So it's it's actually kind of a it's it's kind of a stacked cast. You know, um, for a movie that's really not super well known, at least I don't think it is. Um, so like in the movie, Damon Wayans plays this like TV executive slash writer type, and his boss Michael Rappaport. <laughs> so <laughs> you know how Michael Rappaport is, and I, I will say, uh, Spike Lee, and you know, feel free to jump in anytime. Spike Lee, he he knows how to cast people because I want I want to talk about Michael Rappaport a little bit, because Michael Rappaport plays like the boss of this like TV network station thing, right? He's very much like that white dude who like thinks he's blacker than black people. At least the black people. He's oh, that's Michael Rappaport in, in, in day-to-day life. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's a perfect casting. It's Michael Rappaport playing Michael Rappaport. I mean, shit, even his office, you know, he's got pictures of Ali and Michael Jordan, you know, up in his so office. He didn't really do much acting in this movie. <laughs> he's literally, he's, he's playing Michael Rappaport, yes. Although oh. I will say 
he 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 does use the n word a couple times in the in the movie. I'm not sure if he uses it in real life. I don't I don't want to accuse him of such because I don't know for sure. So maybe that's a slight difference, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised. But you know, yes, I'll say that I wouldn't be surprised either. But yeah, no accusations. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he does a good job playing Michael Rappaport in the movie. Um, Damon Wayans, I think his character was very interesting. I can't remember his his last name was like Saint Lacroix or something like that. Um, yeah, Pierre so, de la Croix. Yes, Pierre de la Croix. His character. So when when you first play the movie, it's a little. Your part of you is like, so is this supposed to be like a a comedy or a parody or something? Because like he's speaking in like a faux European accent, and there is a point to him doing that. You know, when I the first time I watched, I'm like, why, why is he doing this? I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, is he like a parody of a character? But nah, I mean, it's it's. I feel like the point of that was to show like it was exaggerated code switching. I mean, you know, you know, and I know, you know, sometimes you don't right. always speak at work the same way you speak, you know, amongst your friends and family. So yeah, I think my that, customer service voice is on point. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure that's what he was, what Spike was going for when he did that, or you know, when he had a. Uh, Damon Williams do that. So yeah, the main point of the main like plot premise of the movie is Michael Rappaport wants ratings for his network. So he goes to Damon Williams. He's like, hey, look, man, this this quote unquote Bill Cosby shit, it's not working out. People don't want to see that. They want to see real shit, you know, black shit. Da-da-da-da-da, you know, come on, man. You know what's up? And Damon Williams is like, okay, I got something for you. Damon Wayans, see, he he wants to make a point to Michael Rappaport. He decides to make the most offensive black show he could possibly think of. Basically, a new age minstrel show, like literally a new age minstrel show. Oh. And his point to making the show is to prove that network executives don't even want like positive portrayals of black people on their you know networks. They want they want Just bullshit. Just chicken and yeah, that's that's a word. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, more or less, yeah. And it's interesting to see him like develop this show because he gets two homeless guys, one of them played by Tommy Davidson. Hmm. He's like, "We're gonna name you uh, Mantan," and give me one second as I look up his partner's name real quick. Mantan and Sleep and Eat. That's Tommy Davidson's character. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can tell. Okay, <clears throat> clearly Damon went. Yes, literally his the, the character's name is Sleep and Eat, bro. <laughs> so yeah, um, but and you see, you know, the developing of the show, like like Spike kind of goes into the history of blackface and missile shows in America, and honestly, even shows some comparisons between contemporary black artists. No one in specific, no one specifically, but you know, he he draws some comparisons between them and mental shows of the past. Um, at one point, um, Mantan even is like literally tap dancing on top of a table for Michael Rappaport. You know, Spike Lee ain't subtle. If there's one thing Spike ain't, he's not subtle. And honestly, I love him for it. Spike Lee's one of my favorite directors, so you know, um, uh, and it 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 did when when Mantan was dancing on that table. It did remind me of a video. I'm not gonna say who. I'll tell you later. Whoops. Oh, so it's you this there year. We, okay, that was the first one of the year. 
first one of the year. You gotta give me that one. And I put it on vibrate so it won't happen again. Uh, where was I? Um, I was talking about um, was I talking about sleeping, eating, man, mantan? You finished. You were talking about Spike Lee not being subtle. He's your favorite director. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So this movie, I think it's it's interesting, you know, because you can tell Spike didn't really have much of a budget for it. Like even down to the cameras, they're not exactly like blockbuster movie quality cameras. It's not like horrible. You know, keep in mind, I have the Blu-ray of it. So, you know, obviously that makes it look a little better. But I I think it really holds up for what it is. I think it deserves to be talked talked about more than it is talked about currently. Because I don't think too many people really know about it, as far as I can tell. Other than, like, super, like, hardcore Spike Lee fans, you know. Um, I really like this movie. I think it's really good. I think it's social commentary is really good. Again, it's not very subtle at all, but um, you know, sometimes eh, subtlety can be overrated. Sometimes you need to be very clear with your point so that people understand what you're trying to say. You know, um, I think all the performances are really good, especially Damon Wayans having to do that like faux European accent the entire time. Um, outside of like one scene in the movie where, oh, okay, so that's not actually how this person you know talks, speaks. Um, I think uh, Jada Pinkett was pretty good. Uh, they could have done a little more with her. I know she she kind of has a subplot with um, Most Deaf, who plays her brother. And <laughs> guess what her brother's name is? Now, keep in uh, mind, it, it's not like his legal name. It's like a nickname. A nickname for Jada Pinkett's brother in Bamboozled. Played by most deaf. Don't Google it. Um, is it is it is it uh Piccanini? Is it Piccanini? The word I said. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! You with this word today? No, God damn! He's not on the show. He's just a he's a character in the movie, man. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, you want me, do you want me to just tell you? Is is okay? Is it Big Dick? You're close. Is it something to do? It's it's something to do with the word big or dick. You know what? I don't care. What is it? Big Black African. That's his nickname. Not actually. Not only is that is that's what he prefers to be called. Actually, over his given name. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he called that his slave name. He don't want to be called a slave name, man. He didn't choose that name. He chose the name Big Black African. They say BBA. <laughs> but, but yeah, not, but oh my god. I know the details. I'm 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 pointing are wild. I'm 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 serious though. It's actually it's honestly a really good movie. Um I, I think the dialogue could have used a little tweaking because at a certain point, it feels like the characters feel less like characters and more like like receptacles to spit out what Spike Lee's trying to get out. You know what I mean? Like, mm, you, right. you know what I mean, right? Like, like this is the more like like uh um one of the Wayans brothers. Uh, you remember um Don't Drink Juice in the Hood, the the parody yes, movie. Who, yeah, yeah. The who doesn't remember that movie? The the mailman that would go message. 
this it, you know it's, yeah. sometimes that's what some of the characters feel like but i, I think it still it still holds up they I feel like an embodiment good. of that character uh, sometimes sometimes not all the oh. time yeah but no it's, it's really good and um you may feel offended while watching the movie but that's the point you should be offended by what you're seeing like you're seeing to and keep in mind the uh, mantan and uh sleep and eat like the the people not the characters they're homeless so like they take this job now normally of course they would say no i'm not doing this you know this is i'm, I'm not taking this job this is ridiculous this is demeaning but th- they don't really have a choice because they're literally out on their ass if they don't take the job you know they're being paid to do it um even down the line marlon what is it Marlon? Yeah, Marlon. No, it's not Marlon. Damon. Damon Wayans, like, he kind of loses his way. Dayla, my man, I'm glad you got your mind right. Well, it's right, tight, and ready to delight. Okay, I'm with this. Mr. Dunwitty, please sit back and allow me to paint a picture. Okay, I'm all ears and my nose is a close second. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have been doing a lot of soul searching. Okay. And once again, you're right. My previous work has been all surface, superficial. And it's a thing of the past. Yes, I've never really dug deep into my pain as a Negro. Hey, look, those things, they're, they're hard to look at sometimes. Yes, yes, yes. And as Mark Twain so fully understood, satire is the way if we are ever to live side by side in peace and harmony. Right. So my show that I'm pitching is about promoting racial healing. Healing is great. I like this. Give me more. Go on. Yes. Go on. Now, I know you are familiar with menstrual shows. Yes. They came about in the 1840s. Yes. It was a variety show in which the talent was singing, dancing, telling jokes, doing skits, like in Living Color. Right, right, right. That was dope. Now, Mr. Dunwitty, I ask you, when was the last time there was a great variety show on the air? Carol Burnett? Cow was bugged. Hee-haw? Hee-haw was Keenan and Cow. Yo, that's the stupidest shit on TV, yo. So I say... Let's take this form, this very American tradition of entertainment into the 21st century, the new millennium. Okay, okay, no, no, what's the name of the show? We need something that we could sell. Man-tan, the new millennium minstrel show. Man-tan, the new millennium. I really, really like this. You, you know how I know? I'm getting a bonus. The nigga couldn't just be PBA. He had to go with Big Black African instead of his given government name. Well, I mean, if he went with BBA, no one would even know what that stood for. He could have said it one time and then been called BBA the rest of the movie. I mean, I didn't see the movie, so I'm not going to speak on it. I'm just saying. Well, you know what? He's he's just proud of who he is. You know, Big black and, and african you know I, I don't find nothing wrong with that uh okay well if so if people just went ahead and called you short dark african that would that would be a name you'd like okay, to call okay that's not the same thing because isn't it okay i'm, I'm sorry short black african that's See, oh, okay, what if I said short black Ghanaian? Now, yeah, that you know what? Mm, if I that, if that, I chose to call myself that, that would be fine. You know, I I don't have mm, a problem with that. 
but the thing is, okay, I'm not choosing. All I'm saying is Spike, Spike Lee, I get it. I mean, I get Spike Lee's on the nose, but Jesus Christ is, I mean, even yeah, back but, then. You know, that that character, you know, he's, he was, he's kind of, um, I got the feeling that his character was supposed to be like, you know, the, the I guess for today's The Saka Zulu type. Yeah, you know, like the super, Hotep, Hotepi kind of. He, he was kind of a Hotepi character, actually. I mean, and hey, I get the on the nose shit. I really do, because my grandfather actually went to school with Spike Lee at the time. Uh, they both oh, went to... Oh, interesting. I can't believe yeah. you never told oh me this. God. I'm blanking on the school. It's an HBCU. <clears throat> it's in Atlanta. Morehouse? Yes, they both went to Morehouse same time. I think Spike may have graduated a year earlier or a year later. But my grandfather's always like, you know, the man is is so like on the nose with the themes of his movies because you have to be on the nose and adapt to modern audiences so that they know the history and also don't aren't doomed to repeat it because it's so blatantly in their face. You have got to tell me more stories about uh, your Gramps and, and Spike, man. That's really cool. That is really I mean, cool. Wow. He, I mean, he bear, he rarely mentions it, but I mean... When he does, you know, I mean, we saw the Black Klansmen together, me and my granddad. So it was kind of like a supporting one of his classmates type of deal when we went to go see that. Okay. Yeah, that's really cool. And yeah, like like you were just talking about, you know, there's a reason why he's so ham-fisted with his message. It doesn't always work for every movie, but when it works, it works, you know. And I feel like it definitely uh, works here. I mean, the show that um St. LaCroix that LaCroix uh comes up with. I mean, it's it's legitimately just, you know, I mean, it's a new age missile show. The show literally takes place on a watermelon patch. They're singing, they're dancing. You actually you see um Tommy Davidson and the actor that plays um Mantan, like you see them apply the makeup as they put on the blackface and everything. And then um it, it, I'm not again, I'm not gonna, you know, spoil the ending or anything, but there's also the the situation with um big black african and his crew i I think if i'm they're like a rap collective and they see like the show they're like yo what is this and you know they come up with the plan to stop the show and um you see damon wayans is kind of losing his way because of course you know the mantan and um sleeping each show becomes the most popular show in america naturally so you know he he kind of he kind of loses himself in the in the fame and the money and he kind of loses his way with what he originally set out to do. Um, and, and, you know, it was kind of interesting because, like, you have this character who, like, code switches so much to the point where he almost never doesn't talk in that full European accent. But at the same time, he's, like, so pro-Black that he's like, you know what, I'm going to make the most offensive show ever to prove a point that TV execs won't approve Black shows unless they're super offensive and super demeaning to black people so it was it's kind of it's kind of you know it's, it's almost like a internal conflict with that character but yeah man um i would definitely recommend that movie if you haven't seen it um it's definitely at least my second or third favorite spike lee movie um and yeah man i i, I really i really enjoy it i think it's a really good movie um it's a solid four out of five for me man uh, I don't know if you've seen it or if you've ever seen any scenes from it, but if you haven't, um, definitely check it out, bro.
I have not seen it. I mean, you have mentioned it before. Um, I just couldn't find it at the time because, again, I think you you said it just got on Letterboxd not too long ago, right? So I think uh, not not let... not not Letterboxd. Um, the Criterion Collection, and it's it's oh been Criterion on, Collection. Yeah, it's been on there for a minute. Oh. I, I got the Blu-ray like maybe two or three years ago, something like that. But yeah, it's on the Criterion Collection. Last time I checked, it was like before taxes and shipping, maybe $35 for the Blu-ray. But yeah. Oh, all righty. Okay. All right. We got sales and that stuff was... all the time, so you know. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, Criterion. We just plugged you, so go ahead and run us that check real quick. <clears throat> anyway, a dude's review, four out of five for him. He recommends. Um, I guess now it is my turn. Let me pull up my notes, because I actually decided to do notes this time, because I didn't want to sound oh, like a fucking finally. buffoon. Like, I'm going to share these notes. I'm going to share these notes with you, just so you can see how detailed I was. Anyway, the film that I have chosen is Notorious. 2009's Notorious. You saying your prayers? Praying that card teaches you how to die. Please, you ain't got nothing I haven't seen. If the heavy set one with the big gun and the sweet tooth, you won't end up like those worthless bums you hang with. Don't you see that? One of you is going down for carrying an illegal firearm. You decide who. This music you got going on, it don't come around every day. When you make it, we all make it. If I don't make it, not going back on the block. Not if I take this bid for your ass. It's my life, you feel me? Tell Puff I'm down with chasing the dream. Whatever he want me to do, I'm in. Yeah, he got sex appeal like LL? Yeah, a little bigger than that. What, like Heavy D? He a little darker than that. Yo, he look like Wesley Snipes? He ain't Wesley. These are some ah, the... detailed notes. <laughs> uh, you said Notorious? Um, um, I'll just say it's... um. Oh, God. Before you start, it's kind of hard for me to look at that movie the same way. After you ever have you ever watched a Primshood cinema? No. Okay, so it's this YouTube channel where um he he kind of like they're not really reviews, they're kind of like it's almost like a black version of Mystery Science Theater. Like or, or Cinema Sense. Okay. No, no, no. Not really Cinema Sense. It's it's more comparable to Mystery Science Theater. And it, it's okay. dude dude is hilarious. Definitely check it out. Primshood Cinema. But he did a video on Notorious, kind of like really making fun of it. And ever since that video, I'm like, I can't look at this movie the same way. But go ahead. I, I don't mean to take away from your review. Shout out to Princess Cinema. Definitely subscribe. The dude's hilarious. Wow. This man just tore down my whole movie before the review. Awesome. Okay. You, you did uh, take very detailed notes, though. I'll, I'll give you that. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I was trying to, I was trying to do it not scene by scene, 
but important moment by important moment. Um, okay, this movie stars Jamal Woolard as you know Chris Wallace. We got C.J. Wallace, um, the actual B.I.G.'s son, playing a younger version of him in his younger days. We got Derek Luke playing Puffy slash Sean Combs. We got Naturi Naughton from Power. If you haven't seen Power, it, it was a good show in its first few seasons. Playing also, Lil Kim. Also 3LW. Don't don't sleep on her music skills, too, you know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's she applied some of them here. We got Antonique Smith, who I think was also did a, a cameo appearance in Power. She uh plays Faith Evans. We have Anthony Mackie as Tupac. Check it out, motherfucker. I'm Tupac. Damn, you haven't even seen the movie recently. You remember that line. Oh, I will always remember that scene. (laughs) And we have everyone's favorite Wakandan mother, Angela Bassett, playing Notorious B.I.G.'s mother, Voletta Wallace. This movie is uh, also directed by George Tillman Jr., who directed Soul Food. He directed the, um, the movie Faster by starring Dwayne Johnson. Uh, he also directed the movie The Hate You Give, starring Amanda Stenberg, and he's directed the upcoming movie George Form the George Foreman biopic. I didn't even know they was doing a George Foreman biopic. Yeah, I saw the trailer a few weeks ago, and um, yep. Uh, anyway, uh, so this movie uh, it starts with a clip. I, I think um, Notorious B.I.G. was actually being this is like a real life audio. Um, blurb of him and they ask him you know where do you see yourself in 10 years my man is like you know see of course he sees himself chilling dog white picket fence with his wife and kids but then he was like realistically he didn't think his luck was like um was that good he didn't think his luck was gonna last for another 10 years and unfortunately he manifested his own destiny with that, as obviously we all know, um, Notorious B.I.G. was killed in March of 97. Um, a, I believe it was a drive-by shooting or roll-up shooting because Notorious was in the truck and somebody rolled up next to him and shot him. I guess, I mean, I guess technically it's still considered a drive-by. I don't, I don't know if there's rules to it. Very true, or, very or true. A stop. Very true. A stop by I don't, I don't I ain't I'm not a drive by expert. I don't know. A stop a stop and roll by. Stop and drive. You know what? Fuck it. Anyway, the audience, you know what what I'm saying. Okay. This movie uh it starts with that clip and then we just quickly transition to um the night, the the final party that Biggie got to to live it up at. He was deciding to go home. He wanted to go see his family. He was Life was just hitting him, and he was like, from the movie, it looked like he was appreciating the little things, and he was like, let me go, let me stop fucking partying, let me head out. And, of course, the shooting happens, and then the 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 flash of the gun, the trigger being pulled, Biggie's life flashes before his eyes as well, and we kind of just go back to all, throughout all the scenes of the movies really quick before, and then we just start at him as a kid. You dig what I'm saying? And we open up um, 
you know, we see uh, young Christopher Wallace, you know, rapping them Curtis blow lyrics with his friends. And even then, even on the school ground, this young girl, she was like, um, his friend was like, we're going to be in the magazines one day. And the young girl couldn't be more than 10 years old was like, Chris's big ass ain't going to be in there. He's too fat, black, and ugly to be on a magazine. I'm like, it's, God damn, you know, big, big boys, black, big black boys just ain't never been winning. Not as little kids anyway. It, this movie, um, cause that, that scene is like, it, it kind of does that bio, that, I never know whether to say biopic or biopic, that biopic thing where it's like, oh, this must be where he got that line from for, for the song. And it's like, all right, I don't think it happened that way, but all right. You know, it's like, it's like, um, it's like, uh, I, I was trying to think of that scene from Straight Outta Compton, but I, I can't recall it. Um, oh, I mean, like, like, yeah, like, like, see... like the NWA uh, kicking some girls out the room and then either Yella or Cube was like, bye, Felicia. Oh, he, that's where he got the line for Friday. You know, it's like, you know, that's not how it went down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you'll also see like, different variations of a scene like that throughout this movie where he's picking up rhymes, he's making making lyrics, bars. You'll see, you will see that throughout this movie. You'll see what, what I guess you can describe as his creative process as he goes along. Um, you know, of course, he's picked up by his mom. Mom is praising him for his, his good grades. But it's appraising him for this good grades that, of course, B.I.G. is surrounded by all this crime, all these gangsters and the hood niggas in the street. And, you know, he sees that is what is most commonplace in his neighborhood in Brooklyn. And, of course, you fast forward to a scene. Christopher's father, Biggie's dad, walks up on him. They, He and his mom, they go back to her crib. They start having a conversation. Basically, Biggie's dad cheated on his wife, who was not Biggie's mom, and he kept Biggie a secret. And instead of offering to pay, the nigga was like, here's $100. Keep this shit to yourself. I can't imagine cheating on Angela and, Bassett. That just, that don't make any logical sense to me. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Angela he Bassett cheated with the... Angela Bassett. Oh, okay. Got you. Got she you. was the side hoe. I mean, ooh, side chick. And she didn't know. You know, she's from the Caribbean. She's an immigrant. And I guess this this suave black guy comes in her face. Oh, well, that sounds... <laughs> is, is uh, you know, all up in her Yo, face. and phrasing. Eventually... Come on now. That's a you pause. know what I meant. That's 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 a pause. That's a technical foul. Um, uh, and it's in this and then it's in this pain where Christopher's father leaves him and basically leaves him to be raised by a single mother that we get glimpses of you know the rapping legend and how he the the man he grows to be, but obviously he has to prove himself to be a man and it's at this point we see you know a few years have passed and he's decided to take up selling drugs we literally see him as a child do one of them 
uh, dApps where you exchange money and drugs in the handshake. And then it just starts from there. The nigga literally just goes down the rabbit hole of selling drugs. And I mean, it's 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 interesting that he just that he that people in New York. I mean, I, I think it's also commentary that people in New York, especially young black boys who are in single um, parent households, particularly single mother, uh, single mothers, they had to go out and prove to them to to themselves what it meant to be a man. And in a lot of cases, for like an example of this one, selling drugs, selling dope, selling crack, that was it. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's definitely a commentary on that. Um, I do think that I, this is actually kind of cool because this is different from my choice because this is a movie that both of us have seen. Um, what I, I'm just, what made you uh, what made you go with Notorious? Actually, I don't know if you, did you did you say? No, I so I chose this movie because uh, Biggie is one of my favorite rappers. Same. Um, I myself am a big boy. And so there isn't much representation for people of my size or near my size or whatever. I'm big and I'm black. And so, so to hear this man's music, even as like a, a chubby boy or a chubby teenager, it like was, I won't say it was motivating, but it was humbling as well as inspiring in a way because this man, despite his looks, despite his size, this man was pulling girls left and right he was making money to support his his daughter, to support his family. I mean, I although I didn't know that at the time until I I dug it deep into you know his life, and then I saw this movie. But he he started from the gutter, and to be a big boy started from the gutter. That representation, you know, it, it showed that to me that big men have the opportunity, or or have just as much opportunity to be the suave ladies' man. Uh, uh, and smooth talker that you that you never really saw in media and music. I mean, you have Heavy D, Biggie Smalls, Fat Joe. That's relatively it. Is when it comes to Sir Mixalot considered a bigger guy? Sir Mixalot, uh, I guess, and maybe um, oh, what was his name? Uh. You you got what I need. Oh, Bismarcky. Bismarcky. You know, that's it. But that, that nigga was like talking about girls avoiding him and, and choosing other niggas over him. So I don't, you know, I'm just talking about for my example, Biggie Smalls was that dude who was pulling girls despite his size. He was he was a Mac. You know, yeah, and, okay. and I feel you. And, and in my younger days, you know, being a bigger boy, being kind of turned away and told I'm big and all that, like, I wanted somebody to explain or to show me it's possible. And his music was kind of a gateway uh, for that mind of that mindset for me. Because I was a I was a huge romantic, and although his music I wouldn't say necessarily romantic, it showed me that you know, know, it's all about the work. Big Papa's kind of a I mean, romantic song, yeah. I mean, his music has there are some songs that cater to that, but it's not, baby, you know, it's not always there. Baby. This man was very, I was not, he was very um, much a hoe as well. So I'm not gonna take, I'm not gonna give, I'm not gonna 
not oh, acknowledge God, that you, know, you just come after this man's whole life now. You was just giving the, him props. Listen. Why you gotta be home? He, uh, hey, hey, when I when I got to a certain age and I discovered, you know, women and all that, I was a hoe too. So I can uh, hope game recognized game, nigga. What the fuck? What you want me to do? What you want me to do? You, uh, me to, you, to, you to, meant to, you meant you meant hoe in the complimentary sense. Uh, sure. You no, not just particularly. Said, you, I would, you could because you could have just I said would, player. Well, okay, he was a player. But he was definitely a hoe. I mean, because when you watch God this damn, movie, dude. when you watch this movie, he he bounces back and he bounces between different women throughout the movie. He's with his daughter's uh mother first. Then he starts to blow up. We see little Kim. Then we see Faith Evans. And in between them, he has different girls in the studio giving them the bee's knees. Okay? Um, the bee's knees. The business. Okay. You know, I'm trying. Bees I'm trying knees. to. I'm trying to be a little PC for our audience. Okay. The bees knees. Okay. okay the birds and the bees. Bees knees. You know what I'm saying. You know, okay. knees are used in I'm, this action. I'm hoping they know what you're saying. I know what. I know Listen, what you're saying. If you if you don't know what I'm saying, you're too young for this for this uh, podcast. Turn away now. Anyway, but. Uh, you know, where, damn it, where was I? Um, yes, that's that's why I chose this movie because it it gave me a lot of representation. It it showed somebody who was similar enough to me that I could see myself in them. Yeah, that's really nice. That's that's really I I like that. You know, because I, I I never would have um I never even looked at notorious like that. I just looked at it as you know oh you know a biopic um. One of the better biopics, I would say, at least in my opinion, because I, I I like. It. I would it's, say, it's okay. I mean, granted, there. I mean, there are not many biopics on Biggie. There are a lot uh, of documentaries. There was a biopic show, I think, at one point on, like, what was that? Uh, uh, it was one of those cable network shows. Uh, cable networks, but either way, this is probably the. Mm, I won't say this is the best because nothing, everything is has room for improvement. But this was the best to me when it came out. It's better it than um, it's better than All Eyes on Me. I'll say that much. Oh, from what I for definite, and I believe that the guy who played Biggie in this movie played Biggie in that movie. He did. Yeah, and speaking of that guy, Jamal Willard. I mean. And there was ever a guy destined to play the role of Christopher Wallace, notorious B.I.G. So good. I mean, he embodied the character so well. I believe he actually is from Brooklyn. So he already had that built-in Brooklyn accent. But, geez, he was so good. He had that kind of swagger that Biggie had. He He definitely gave that confidence that Biggie had. In his music and outside of his music, you know what I'm saying. He was able to match the flow. You can tell he he definitely did his homework. Um, he definitely did his homework when he was portraying the character or the the essence of Notorious B.I.G. He's I mean, he's hands definitely down. the antithesis of um, Anthony Mackie in this movie. 
Which look, right? Hey, Mackie, who is the worst look person cast in this movie? I I love you, Mackie, Anthony Mackie. You're a very talented actor. Um, you're great as Falcon. Um, I liked you in uh, Black Mirror. You you've been good in other roles. Uh, I don't. I'm this not was sure not I, it. This not was sure. not one of them. Not sure about Tupac though. I I did not see you as Tupac. I mean, you don't even really particularly look like Tupac. I don't know. I, I yeah, it was just, the gap for me. It was the gap for me. I forgot man. about the gap. Yeah. He did give us an iconic. You know. He gave us an iconic moment though. Hey yo, he gave us an iconic I'm, I'm, I'm Tupac. You know, that was you know. I will always remember that scene. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was actually just watching it before we got on this call. Um, and he was the most miscast person to play Tupac. I mean, honestly, the per the person who played Tupac in the um NWA movie was perfect for me. I mean, I know the guy who was in uh, All Eyes on Me looked a little more like him. But I think the person in the NWA movie was close enough in looks, but a better actor overall. And I kind of wish they had did more with him. But yeah, Anthony Mackie in this movie. Uh, you're referring to uh, Mark Rose, by the way. That was the actor's name. Mark Rose. You know what? Damn. He actually looks, like, especially around the eyes, man. He really actually looks a lot like Tupac. Mostly, uh, mostly, that's what I'm saying. mostly around the eyes, but yeah, I, wow, damn. That's what I'm saying because when you saw, um, when you saw when 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 I was watching um, NWA, damn, what is the name of the of the actual movie? Straight Outta Compton. When I when I yeah, thank you. When I was watching Straight Outta Compton, like literally, I think a few weeks or months after, or even maybe before, they announced they were doing All Eyes on Me. And I was like, okay, they I think they picked the right guy for the role. But then it, I found out they were gone in a totally different direction. And then of course that movie ended up being hot garbage that we uh we really forget even exists unless we're having discussions like this. Uh but yeah, Anthony Mackey, no bueno, no bueno mas. Um Natori Naughton. Woo! Uh, uh, keep it was, PG. Was, I am Lil Kim. I right, Sex appeal. Lil Kim was sex appeal in the nineties. Uh, even in this movie, uh, Biggie says he wanted to make Lil Kim the Marilyn Monroe of hip hop, which involved her being a little more risque, which involved her flow being a little more sensual when it came to the hardcore lyrics that were coming out of her mouth. Uh, I think she did a good job. I think she uh, she brought a she was able to bring some of her vocal training from singing uh, into how she was able to portray Kim. And overall, the chemistry between Jamal Willard's Biggie and, and Terry Naughton's Lil' Kim, I think, was perfect. I do think they could have done a lot more with her character. I honestly think they could have, I mean, I know it's probably too late now, but they could have done a spinoff movie biopic of Little Kim at that time or a few years later, and a Tori Nodden would have still been 
um, a great choice. They could have even used Jamal Woolard for certain scenes as Biggie in that movie. But I mean, shit, they they very well could do that today. I'm not. How old is Natori not? She's she's not that old. Uh, maybe early forties. I would guess. I would say she's thirty eight. So I mean, close. That is a great. I mean, thirty eight. She did this movie. What this movie came out in two thousand nine. How old was she? Would how old would she have been in two thousand nine? Like nineteen. Two thousand nine was three years ago. Three years ago, she was thirty five. Uh, thirty five. So ten years before that, she was. I don't know if this math is mathing. Around twenty four. Was around twenty four. Good lord. I mean. She did a hell of a job. That's all I can say. Hell of a job. And um, I I would have loved to have seen a, a spinoff movie or even a mini series with her as Lil' Kim. And hell, who's to say she can't do it now? Uh, I want to touch on Angela Bassett, though. Angela Bassett definitely played that uh, stereotypical mother. You're, you're doing drugs in my house. You better pray to the Lord, boy. Get out. She also the, the same mom of, that's in almost every biopic. Um, yes, yes, but she also had heart. You could tell that you know her his mother went through breast cancer at a certain point in this movie. You could tell that there was a real mother-son bond between them just by I mean their chemistry alone it felt very mother-son-ish. Um this man was six, over six foot three. He had to be six foot five, I would imagine. And you have little old Angela Bassett slapping him in the face, trying to talk sense into him. There's no other force of nature out here that could do that and it be believable besides Angela Bassett. Maybe Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Lewis. Maybe, but she wasn't in this movie. So we're not talking about Jennifer Lewis. Um. Yeah. So I mean, this movie just goes through the the fall of Biggie as a as a you know drug runner. Uh, gets caught up caught up in the streets. My man just you know gets locked up eventually. Um, by the grace of God, he one of his one of his friends decides to take a bid for him because they were both got caught up by police. Chris had the gun. They he threw the gun. They they didn't feel like running fingerprints at the time, so his friend took the bid because Chris had already been in jail. Chris would have got more time, and he had a family to provide for. And with that second, that was I guess that's technically a third chance, but with that second chance from his friend, he took his music serious. He decided to invest in himself and his dream. He he decided to make a mixtape. He decided it got, you know, obviously it got to um it got to P. Diddy, played by or Puff Daddy at the time, played by Derek Luke, who I think did a very good job embodying a lot of that um that eccentrism that Puff has, as well as kind of the the black business leader aspect to him as well. 
You know what's kind of I funny? I think he did. About um, sorry to interrupt. Just you know what's kind of funny about Derek Luke's Diddy is that I look at Derek Luke and he doesn't really look like Diddy to me. But when you see him in the movie, I don't know if it's your mind tricking you or if it's the performance. But it's like all of a sudden he looks like Diddy. You know. It's the facial hair. It's the facial hair and the haircut. I mean, shit. You nobody's gonna look a hundred percent like their character. But I mean, shit. They you line somebody up the right way. They can look like somebody else. And also, I also think it was a lot of his physical mannerisms. It was the way he he spoke. I think it just made you believe he was this character or, or he was someone who was so close that they could authentically be Puffy. You know, of course, and, and throughout this movie, things get rough. Puffy loses his job at his label. Uh, uh um, Puffy loses his job. But at the end, Biggie invests in himself. Biggie grinds the beat. He grinds the music. He grinds the college circuit. And of course, the rest is history because we know the name B.I.G. to this day. But we 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 also know a little bit of, uh, you know, for us as a generation, and even maybe later, whoever sees this movie, we know about Lil' Kim, his their history, Puffy, his history, Tupac, history with Biggie, and of course his uh his love story, love, hate story with Faith Evans, that in the end, he loved her. He didn't know how to be faithful with Faith, but he did love her. And I mean, his paranoia towards Did you just end, do a pun? I think you need to leave me alone. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, you know, but I, I think towards you the end. You thought I wouldn't catch that. All right. But okay. <laughs> Anywho, towards the end, he really just understood that everything he did was for his family. And, you know, there's this beautiful scene where, the, you know, his kids, his wife, his mother, they're all, they've all come together in her house. And I guess it's been some time since that happened. And they're about to sit down for a meal. And the mother says, of course, Chris, would you do the honors and pray? Yeah, I was about to say... Try not to do spoilers, but can you really spoil an, an, a biopic? I mean, I feel like everyone kind of knows. I mean, this happens. isn't a real. This isn't. This isn't a real. I mean, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I'm not going to say an interesting where, when this can happens you, in this movie. Can you actually spoil a biopic? That's. But well, I'm not going to say when this happens in the movie, though. Okay. I'm yeah. just going to say this. This okay. scene happens, and he and he says something so simple. That is, it's so beautiful. He says, dear God, thank you. And it really just puts things into perspective that you just need to be thankful for the for where where you were, where you are, and where you can go. But just be thankful for what you got in the moment. Facts, big facts, big facts. Uh, I, I always this movie for I always find um biopics that cover artists from the 90s particularly interesting just because like both of us, you know, we're millennials. We were like kids uh, when when these artists were out. So it's very, so right. it's like we were there, but not really, you know what I mean? Because, you know, kids are kind of always in their own little world. So it's, it's very interesting to like see what that era was like through like a person who would have who been an adult at that time, you know, because I mean, Biggie was shot in 97? March 97, yep. Yeah, so I was like, two or three around that time i think you know i was two months old 
Yeah, it's, it, just, exactly. So I, I, you know, I always find like movies about artists from the '90s and stuff like that, uh, especially interesting. I, I think it's especially interesting because in this movie, there's just towards the end so much back and forth, East Coast West Coast drama, and I think the fact that this movie shows that that unnecessary drama is what took Biggie is just kind of an insight into that era and the, the, how dangerous it really was. I mean, I wouldn't, I would say that there's still gang violence to this day, but it's not as, as coastal as it, as it was in the nineties. And I just want to end this, this, uh, my review just with, with this line, I think is the best line that was in the trailer for this movie. And it's in the movie. You know, it's we can't change the world unless we change ourselves. And that's and that line is being spoken to Biggie as he's trying to better himself for his family and for himself. That's a double so line. If you haven't really seen this. Like and if yeah, I quote it all the time, I use it quite often, but uh, well, not quite often, but I use it when it's necessary. Um, but if you haven't seen this movie, I highly recommend it. Um, black cast, black director. I mean, if, if you want to celebrate Black History Month just one more time, go watch this movie. So just get into this music history of the 90s. It's very um, important that we remember our history and the artists that impact our culture or that have impacted our culture. And I think 100% Biggie is one of them. This movie for me is a four out of five. It doesn't get enough uh, credit or accolades or whatever, and that's fine. It's not talked about enough for me, so I'm hoping that I can do my due diligence in saying, go see this movie, find it. It's on HBO Max right now, if if you have uh, the time to go look for it. But it's worth it. Go see it. I really no want to. I really want to hear your or hear your reaction to Prem Hood Cinema's video on it. You got me fucked up. <laughs> I think you like it. He's he's a very funny guy, man. Seriously, if you if you haven't um, seen Prince at Cinema, definitely check him out, man. That, that's a funny guy. Uh, but yeah, that's the end of the show. Uh, as always, you can find us on all platforms: um, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok. I always forget to say that one. Uh, possibly other platforms in the very near future. We'll see how that turns out. Um, we of course, will see. Can- Don't know. You can subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, other places, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Um, Just Google us and you'll find us. Yeah. Uh, happy fifth anniversary! Happy Black History Month. Happy anniversary! Um, I think that's, that's it. You know, peace. That's it from your favorite blurs. We'll see you or you'll hear us next time.